Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. Thanks so much for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. I'm your host, Betty Jo Tucker, speaking to you during this fourth week of May 2011. We have a great show for you today, folks, because we'll be talking with the multi-talented Michelle Danner. And when I say multi-talented, I mean multi-talented. She's a director, actress, producer, and acting coach for some of Hollywood's most famous stars. Michelle is currently directing Hello, Herman, a film based on a play by Norman Mailer's son, John Buffalo Mailer. Her other movie credits include How to Go Out on a Date in Queens and Death at a Funeral, which is one of the funniest farces I have ever seen. Whenever I think about it, I I just can't help uh, having a smile on my face. Michelle is also the artistic director at Edgemar Center of the Arts, where she teaches acting classes, and she has dozens of stage directing credits in L.A. and New York. Welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters, Michelle. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having well, me. Well, I'm, I am fine because I've been waiting for so long to have this uh, inter- interview with you. I'm just so impressed with all the things that you're, you're doing, and I know that uh, Jazz Shaw, uh, along with myself, have we have lots of questions for you, but we need to find out first if all systems are going in the chat room, because while we're talking live, uh, Michelle, there are people in the chat room that are talking about what we're talking about and raising okay. questions and comments. So as most of all our systems, listeners... Mm-hmm. All yeah, systems go here. <laughs> all systems go, Vicki. I wanted to mention that, as most of our listeners know, our producer, Nikki Starr, is still recuperating, and she can't be with us today, so we all wish her a speedy recovery. And Vicki Nicolaitis, who's host of Talking Progressive here on BTR and a loyal listener of our show, has agreed to be our chat wrangler today. So, Vicki, thanks so much for being here to help out. Oh, you're very welcome. Well, we're just uh, so appreciative of your of your support and your help, and we want to thank the people who signed up for the chat as well as our other listeners. Happily, Jazz Shaw is also here, but it's a big, big day in politics, so we're very, very honored that he took time away from his busy political schedule to be here. So, Jazz, say hi to everyone. Oh, it's it's actually a relief, Betty Jo. It's it's been one of those weeks, and and this is something I actually enjoy rather than the things I get paid to talk about. So <laughs> this is a lot of fun. I'm glad that we could we could give you a little bit of happiness, a little bit of joy <laughs> during all of the things that you're you're doing that are so serious. And and uh, now that we're all present and accounted for. Let's get on with the show. Jazz, I'm giving you the honor of asking Michelle the first question. So you're on. Absolutely. Uh, 
Michelle, we went down the list. Uh, obviously, you're involved in, in more things than I think I could keep up with, particularly at my <laughs> age. But l- let's start with, with with Hello, Herman, which Betty Joe already mentioned. Um, h- how did you originally get involved with that? What made you decide to take that project on? Well, you know, uh, the mission of the theater that I'm artistic director of in Santa Monica is to develop new works, to develop originals. And so we had had a, a reading, a staged reading of the writer, John Buffalo Mailers, another one of his works, and I asked him to give me more. And so that's how I discovered Hello, Herman. And he wrote it right after 9-11, and uh, he oh. wrote it, he certainly, you know, his inspiration to write about it was the events of Columbine. And, um, you know, uh, even though Columbine now, which is, uh, you know, is 10-year anniversary, it's still obviously this uh, very, very present with all of us just because, you know, it, it keeps happening. And so I thought it would be a very, very good subject matter to make a movie about that. And so we staged it a few years ago at the, at the Theater Multimedia. I incorporated film in it with three different screens and live feed. And it really became apparent by the reaction of our audiences how important of a subject matter this is and how much it sparked debate and conversation. And people, you know, often after you go see a show, the theater empties afterwards quickly. But you know that when people stay behind and want to talk about it, it hits a nerve. And so um, we worked on a screenplay for the next few years. And then we were lucky enough to be able to have a lot of wonderful people say yes to the making of the movie. And we just finished uh, shooting it. And right now I'm in the editing room and working (laughs) to work with the composer. So that's how I first found it. Now, this is not light farce or comic fear. This is some pretty heady material to have to work with. And and that can affect people that are working on a project like that how how has it been dealing with this type of subject matter how does it affect you personally and how do you relate to the people that you have to direct and are working with dealing with you know something that's really pretty awful yeah i mean i think that absolutely the subject matter is disturbing the themes that the movie tackles are very provocative there's also you know a subplot about white supremacists and racism and discrimination and cyberbullying. I mean, there's, you know, um, basically man's inhumanity towards mankind. And um, I think that when you play, for instance, the kid that uh, Garrett Backstrom, who's just an amazing young actor, he's going to be 16 years old, and he plays the part of a 16-year-old, I think he's going to have a very important career, and he was so, so good in the movie. Um, I think you have to obviously ask him, but I think that uh, playing... Playing the part, he, he was he was aware that there was a, something bigger at stake. And what was bigger at stake it was the message of the movie. And so even though we were all impacted, you know, it's a kid that goes into a school and massacres a school and he lives to talk about it, and they want to televise his execution live. So the story is about a reporter that has a haunted past that's interviewing him in a maximum security prison. And so when we shot a lot of these provocative scenes, and there is no blood, I should tell you, in the movie. It's not exploitative this way. It's more about the social relevance of it. So it's not about blood and gore. Um, but and it's even, you know, in a way more gruesome because when it's left up to the imagination of the audience, it can be worse than actually seeing it. Um, you know, exactly. I, 
think that everybody involved was really plugged into what it was about, that there was an important message and something important to talk about. And so, therefore, um, you know, I mean, I'm sure that it's impacted a lot of us. And, you know, and what's really good about me having to do these interviews is I talk about it and then I go back in the editing room. And so it keeps me very plugged in into the why I made this movie and the message of it and why I think it's important. Well, what do you see as the the message? I I know that you this is something that you hope that the film you hope the film will sort of spark um, more communication between young people and their parents and teachers um, about violence in in the schools and bullying and that kind of thing. But what what is the message that you're trying to get across with Hello Herman? No, the message is for us to all feel that we're all part of it, we're all in it. And it's not something that affects, you know, not the people that are involved in an event like that, but it affects everybody. It affects all of us. And so that we're all part of this story. And that, um, you know, I already had some kids when we shot, for instance, the scenes, the, the school shooting scenes came up to me and said that they realized that their behavior had been in school, that they were bullies and that they were going to change their behavior. And I just hope that this, you know, will promote acceptance, you know, and and connection, and that uh, we reach out to all the Hermans of this world, and they don't only come in the form of, you know, a teen school shooter. They come in anybody that needs, you know, a hand and needs connection. And in this world where such a techno-driven world, one of the you know lines that we have in the in the movie. I mean, if you go out to dinner right now, I mean, everybody's on their cell phones, and you know, I mean, the iPads are great, but it, it robs people from true connection. And um, oh, tell me about it. I know with my with my grandchildren, you know, if we're going right. in the car, if we're go, if we're going to dinner, sometimes you you have to to really uh, reach out even harder <laughs> to get them away from the from the technology. Well, where did you find the young actor to play Herman? You know, he came in. I, I auditioned a lot of kids, and. He came in, we had, it was out there, it was, we were auditioning kids, and he responded to the call. And he came in, I knew from the moment he came in that he was my kid. And he hadn't even read a scene. Just by the way oh. he sat in the chair, I just knew. Really? And I stood up, and I started to ask him questions. And, and because, and all my other producers in the room, they did not think that I was interested in him, because... He didn't look like the kid that would get necessarily bullied, but I didn't want to cast the cliche idea of what the that choice could be, which is your weird kid. Because you know, if you read all those books, and I read a lot of them, why these kids commit these acts? A lot of these kids are have honor rolls. They're very attractive kids. They're not necessarily the weird kid that's ostracized. It could be any kid. And so right. I wanted to really cast any kid. And But the thing is, the reason why I knew that it was him is I found that out later. I didn't know that at the time. I asked him how many times he read the script. And he said, I read it three times. So by the time he came in and sat in that chair, he had the right to read those scenes that he was auditioning with. And just to give wow. you an idea, all the other kids that I auditioned, when I asked them, did you read the script, a lot of kids uh, said no. And then the worst thing than saying no is to say I read half of it. 
half of it is worse than no. And so, you know, I think that Garrett came in to get a part. He came in to get this role. And uh, I knew right away that he was. He he impressed me tremendously by his work ethic and, um, and just, you know, an energy about him that told me that he could really play the part. Now, tell me his name again so we can make sure our listeners know and, and we'll be looking Garrett, out for... Yes, you're gonna, you'll see. You will hear a lot more of him. Gareth Baxter. Uh, and, and what young a, actor. And what about uh, the actor who played the journalist? Uh, who, well, who there's was another that? great actor. I just I got very lucky. Sometimes, you know, the stars line up for you. And uh, although I won't mention it, I did have... Another actor that was attached to it, very well known, you know, a name, a star name. It didn't work out at the end, and at the last minute, we had to take another turn. And uh, it was meant for Norman to play this part. And Norman had already done 40 movies. He was in the movie The Conspirators, that uh, the Robert Redford movie that's out right now. And he's on The Walking Dead on television. And oh my gosh! He has a cult following with the, the movie The Boondock Saints, which I hadn't seen, but I understand that there's a lot of people that tattoo Norman's face on them. And it's Norman Reedus, correct? Mm-hmm. Great well, experience, great actor. And while he was shooting Hello Herman, Lady Gaga handpicked him to <laughs> Judas in the music video Judas, which is I think has like 36 million hits right now. It's one of the most watched videos all over the world. Oh, my so gosh. It's pretty well, incredible that, that that happened while we were shooting. <laughs> we're Everybody, I'm sure, is just getting so excited to see Hello, Herman. Do you have any idea? Of course, you're in post-production now, but do you have any kind of projection as to uh, when it will be available for us Absolutely. to see? Well, you know, we are, there's a little buzz, so we're talking to some distributors, and uh, I'm sure that this is a movie that will do the, the festival circuit because okay. uh, people are going to, you know, want to talk about it. And so I'm knocking wood that we'll be, you know, successful with festivals. And uh, for, on my end, I will be done with the movie by the end of the summer. All right. And so we will uh, actively be looking for, for a distributor and, I'm chanting for as many screens as possible. Well, we're going to send you extra special good vibes <laughs> that you do pick up a, a distributor on that, and we'll we'll be watching. And I wanted to ask a little bit about um, some of the other movies. Of course, this is movie out of headquarters. I know you have a lot of uh, of uh, stage work, but because we're we're going to concentrate on on the movies today, and um, one of the movies that you. Uh, that you were involved in, I I just think is is one. I mean, it just has me laughing as I mentioned before. Every time I think about it, and it's death at a death at a funeral. I mean, right. to and think you know that I you, didn't direct that. Neil LeBute directed it, but you were the acting. You were I an was acting the coach. Acting coach of uh, yes, I worked with Chris Chris Rock on it. Oh, he was so good in that movie, and I had seen the British. Uh, production, I mean movie, uh, right. a couple of I years. I saw that too. Yes. Before and I liked it very much, but but this one was even more hilarious. And I think that the actors, I, I just cannot believe what disciplined performances that Martin Lawrence and uh, Chris Rock gave in that 
because it's it's just you know mayhem going on all in one one afternoon and you and Martin Lawrence of course he he has a tendency to go over the top but they they did it just right and they let all of this other stuff you know happen around them that was just so so hilarious and uh, it must have been interesting to work with Chris Rock on that on that film was there anything special about it that that you could tell us. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Chris wanted to really find the truth of the character, and he's, as we know, a very funny guy, and incredibly talented, and very enterprising. And um, I found a lot of joy in working with him because he really wanted to work in depth, and he took moments and went over them and over them and over them to try and get to the truth and you know, in the best way to play a moment. And uh, I think he did very well. A lot of people did, and I was happy to have met him and worked with him on it, and we had a, a really good time. Well, it, uh, he he certainly had a good time doing that doing that movie, I'm sure. And congratulations yeah. on the on the work that you did with him. But but another movie that you did direct, and that you actually won best director at the LA Film Festival, is for another funny movie a romantic comedy called How to Go Out on a Date in Queens. Now tell us a little bit about that, Phil. Well, I did that years ago. And, you know, I mean, I I set out to make a movie that I would go see on a Saturday night when I just wanted to just be an easy night and just be entertained. So it's a, a romantic comedy with some dramatic twists. And, um, very different than Hello, Herman. Very, very different. And, um, you know, I, I had a great cast. Again, you know, I cast a lot of my friends. And some of the people in the cast of How to Go Out on Dayton Queens are in Hello, Herman. All right. <laughs> For instance, Rob Estes who's a great actor. He's very well known for his television work on, you know, yes. way back then in the day in Silk Stockings. Silk Stockings, yes. Yep, Melrose Place and 90210, and he's done countless, you know, movies for television and different series. And uh, I love working with him. Actually, I love the part he's playing in Hello, Herman. He's playing like a an Anderson Cooper slash Glenn Beck. And, um, oh, in How to Go Out on a Queens, he was the heartthrob. He was the lead. And um, where, you know, everything, all the the romantic ups and downs were happening to him. And um, he was great. And also I had uh, this wonderful actress, Kimberly Williams, that was in the movie The Father of the Bride with Steve Martin. And uh, Brian Drillinger and Christine Dunford are two great actors that also are in the, the Hello, Herman movie. And Allison Eastwood was in it, and Jason Alexander was in it, and um, who else? Isai Morales and Ron Perlman, and Ron so Perlman. all these wonderful actors came and uh, became part of this this um, little movie that I made that I'm proud of. And in 2008, it was the Sunday Night ABC Movie of the Week on Memorial Day weekend. So Yay. it had some airtime. It had a theatrical release, and. Um, and, you know, it's, it's my first little movie. It was like the equivalent of going to film school. Well, congratulations on that. And I believe um, there are places that, uh, besides being the movie of the week on on ABC, where people can see it, I, I think that it's, is it on Amazon mm-hmm. or Netflix? Yeah. 
<laughs> you can find it everywhere, yeah. So we, we encourage our listeners to. I know that Vicki, our chat wrangler today, uh, has seen this movie, and uh, she, I think she really, really enjoyed it. Uh, Vicki, do you have a minute to, to give? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I love the movie. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. What did you and like Rob about Estes it? Rob Estes is so good. He's better than um, in England and in Europe. The everyone's crazy for Hugh Grant. Uh, is that Hugh Grant? The yeah. uh, usually the I like Rob Estes much better. <laughs> <laughs> and Ron and you, Perlman. Oops. Ron Perlman is funny. Ron Perlman is funny and fun to work with. And I just had a great cast. And Rob is amazing. Well, I knew that Vicky had raved raved about it on Facebook, and so I had to uh, <laughs> to let <laughs> let her have her say about uh, how Thank to go you. out on a date in Queens. So, Michelle, um, yes. do you have a particular directing philosophy? Um, well, I think I'm probably probably I am an actor's director in the sense that I'm very collaborative with my actors. And if they're inhabiting the character and then they feel something very strongly about the character, you know, if may, I listen. I listen to them and I try and provide a, a safe place so that they can try different things. And Because in the trying of the different things, the gold happens, you know, that we get the gold and, and the magic happens. So I let people really be safe and try things and if, you know, they fall, they fall, but, you know, just mainly to to have a lot of fun and try and do, especially in, you know, this indie world, as many takes as we possibly can. But uh, I really, every time I, I said with a scene, let's move on, I never felt like I sacrificed it. I always felt that I got what I needed and what I wanted. And, uh, you well, know, I, th- I think we're going to have... We're going to have time to cover this, Betty Jo. So since you are getting away from the specific film itself, you're also a teacher. And uh, I know Betty Jo has a lot of fans who are either in the nascent stages of getting into the industry or are hoping to, particularly some of the younger listeners. Um, what, what do you emphasize when you teach classes? Because that's such a hard thing to do, to, to teach acting. What, what, what's your approach to, to getting somebody you know started? You know, well, first of all, my approach, I'm I'm a great believer in um, there's different ways to find, you know, to to get to give a a great performance. So I try not never to be dogmatic with anyone. People come to me with, you know, different backgrounds, different foundations. I mean, obviously, I always try and get to the truth of the moment based on who the person is and, and that it rings true. And I, you know, I, I always wanted to, I, I, if it's going to ring authentic or not. And if it doesn't, I feel like I have a good ear for that. Um, but uh, acting is, is is a very magical craft, and I think it's a, it's a beautiful craft. And so you have to learn it and you have to practice it. And, um, you know, having this background of being an acting teacher, I think, certainly helps me to be a director, because if I see a take and it doesn't work, I, I think I'll know why it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And I'll be able to give notes, adjustments that will make it better. Um, but in my approach as an acting teacher, I try and really, again, work the same way I work as a director, very intuitively, with whoever I'm working with, so that they can... Um, 
you know, find their way. I think what's very important when you teach acting is to create independent actors and so to give them tools so that they can go out in the world and they're going to work with many different directors, different personalities, and they can, um, you know, have a confidence in a way of working that's going to help them. Uh, A good friend of mine who is an educator in a different area once told me that the really great teachers always take something away from working with the student as well as the student learning from the teacher. Uh, what, what are some of your more memorable students? Who, who have you worked with, not only just beginners, but professionals that, that you've really enjoyed and taken something away from? Yeah, I mean, I've worked with so many people. I mean, so many people. But, um, you know, I um, the process of it is what keeps me in there and keeps me very excited. When... And whether if I've worked with an actor that's become very well known, or an actor that you know um, is still unknown and has not been discovered yet, it it fascinates me always to see growth and mm-hmm. uh, and process, and when you when people take it to another level and deepen it, and um, and I love I love class because of that. I also you know coach one on one and work on many movies. But I love that group environment. It feels like a, you know, it's a community. Uh, feels like a very safe place where we can share and grow, and uh, that's right. And I do, um, I do get very excited. For instance, in an hour, I'm going to walk into class, and I'm going to script analyze uh, Golden Boy by Clifford Odette, oh. uh, which is great. Oh. It forces me to go in there and read it again, and watch it again, and read about it, and. It makes me go deeper into it, and it's such a beautiful play. Clifford Odets wrote, you know, uh, in 1936, I believe, a beautiful play, and it's still very current, you know, between when you make the choice, you know, of commerce versus art, you know, the kind of a car crash that it is. So, you know, I learn from my students. I learn from my classes. I learn from, you know, what I work on in class. Um, you feel very lucky at the end of the day to to do this work. Feels very lucky. And so, you know, when you said at the beginning of this, you know, um you know, I carry many hats, but one hat feeds into the other hat. Oh, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Um how about how about for the young folks who are out there? It it's a tough market everywhere, but anybody who's thinking about getting into the industry perhaps as an actor or or maybe even some of the other sections, do you do you have a bit of advice you'd care to share? What what could somebody do to really prep themselves and give themselves a leg up if they wanted to go into this field? Well I think the first step is to get an education and soak it all in and you know, go see as many things as as you can and study with some great people. You know, the learning part of it. And then the second part of it is to find a way to be proactive and not to stay passive and wait to get a break, to create your own destiny in terms of the kind of work that you're meant to do as an artist. And by that, it, it you know sometimes it means to really take the bull by the horns and find a way to be extremely uh, proactive, pick up the phone, find stories that speak to you, maybe even option some works, option some plays, some novels, adapt them, write. You know, a lot of actors, when they start to discover that they can write, it's very empowering. Mm-hmm. It's very, 
empowering uh, process. I'm so sorry. Uh, very empowering process. And so uh, I would say, you know, don't don't sit and wait for the phone to ring. Make it ring. Good advice. That really, really is. And and um, I, I don't want to neglect our our chatters. And Vicky, we've we've sort of um, uh, neglected you for the last few minutes. Vicky, uh, any comments or questions you have, or anything that's uh, being talked about in the chat that you'd like to mention to Michelle? Sure. Well, with the talk about Hello Herman, uh, Jack Death was uh, talking to me about uh, guns that are available, you know, and we were worried about it. And he told me that that has a great mess of a that um, it's good to have a message of no. I think where is it of of not letting it be so easy to get guns. I think. And I mentioned that uh, Michelle is a great actress, too. And she's really good in, in the How to Date in Queens. Thank you. Great. <laughs> well, we were wondering, is she going to act again? Yes. I mean, you know, occasionally people ask me, and occasionally I cast myself. Um, I did a run of a play in the fall at our theater. Um, it was a short run of uh, Shadowbox by Michael Christopher. I played Maggie and uh Keith David directed it. And it was quite um mm. quite an experience. I enjoyed working on really good material and that is one of the messages that I have for um you know, whether they're uh, my acting students and actors to work on really good writing because it ups the game. It raises the bar when you work on, on good good material. And um and so yes, I uh, you know I even have a little part in, in Hello Herman. I I can't resist uh, using myself creatively in that way because it's a lot of fun and it's very freeing. And and back to the idea of absolutely we talk about it how easy it is for for kids to find guns to find weapons, and when they have access to those weapons, then they go in and you know tragedies happen. And so if there was more of a gun control you know, procedures in place, it wouldn't be so easy for, of course, I mean, kids can't get guns, we know that, but there's always a way, you know, there's so many, there's easy ways to to get them, to get these weapons. It's about a very, very important uh, topic. That's another reason why we're we're so eager to to see Hello, Herman, and uh, you had so much experience with acting and teaching acting and coaching acting. I was very happy when I heard that you were you were writing two uh, books about acting. One called The Golden Box, and the other one, One Hundred Most Asked Questions About Acting. How how is that project coming along, Michelle? Good. They should be ready in the fall. Yay! So, yeah, they're going to come out in the fall. So there's a lot to, a lot of things coming out. I'm putting final touches on them. Well, could you give us a little preview? I mean, maybe one of the two, maybe one or two of the 100 most asked questions about acting? Yes, I mean, everything that I'm doing, I'm also doing, um, it's to, I think, a lot of actors, and I've traveled all over the world teaching. As a matter of fact, after we wrapped principal photography, I went to Istanbul, Turkey, and I worked with a group of uh, Turkish actors. And... um, they have some. They have some fascinating questions to ask, and 
Next month I'm going to Dubai to teach. Wow. It's my second time there teaching. And, uh, you know, I find it that it's uh, the craft of acting is complex and it's infinite. And um, it's not a, you know, it's not a computer program that you can learn and master, and there you have it. It's something that you keep trying to deepen. And in the quest of trying to deepen it, there's always questions and questions and questions. And and so I attempt to answer the ones that are asked the most. And I do, uh, you know, I think I'm, I'm writing books that are helpful to actors to um, clarify things and also to have an independence about a way to do it. Because like I said, sometimes, you know, you go in and directors don't talk a lot to actors. And so actors feel lost. And what do they do? Mm-hmm. And for them to have a map, a certain map on how to work so that it uh, it becomes freeing and it can be a fun experience and you could be on a movie set or you could be doing a play and, you know, you don't see eye to eye with the director. There's not a lot of communication there. But you could still give a great performance. You could still soar as an actor. So these are the kinds of manuals that I'm putting together to help actors. Well, we'll look forward to, in the fall, not only to Hello, Herman, but also to the 100 most asked questions about acting and also to uh, the golden the golden box. I wanted to make sure to mention some of the actors that you've worked with in addition to Chris uh, Rock and uh, the other ones that you've mentioned, but there's some of my favorites on this list. Gerard Butler, he's still my heart. Penelope <laughs> Cruz, who's just out in the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. James Franco, for heaven's sake. Salma Hayek and Christian Slater, Zoe Deschanel, and Marsha Cross. So uh, that's just, of course, that's just uh, some of them that you've that you've uh, worked with. And how do you manage to do all of this and be the artistic director at Edgemar Center of the Arts? And how did the Edgemar Center of the Arts come about, Michelle? Well, it came about because I really had a dream to to have uh, theaters. And I walked into this space very late at night. I always like to tell the story very illegally. I thought I was going to be arrested with my little flashlight. And it was one open space in a complex designed by Frank Gehry, the architect Frank Gehry. And the space was huge. And I thought it would be a great space to that, that would house live arts. And I tried to find out what was going on with the space and I met the landlord, and um, and there were obstacles. There were a lot of obstacles, but some things in life, when they're meant to be, it doesn't matter how many obstacles are in the way since they're meant to be. And uh, we cut the ribbon in 2002. I had been able to raise a million point three in capital campaigns. And uh, we cut our ribbon, and, and throughout the course of all these years, we have been so uh, prolific in addition to plays and musicals, which is hosted from uh, Hollywood to, uh, from Hoboken to Hollywood, that just closed. And now last week, Sylvia by Air Gurney just opened. And uh, we get some great plays and some great musicals, and we have original uh, plays. We have a theater company. We have an art gallery with revolving exhibits. We even uh, had a, an annual shorts film festival. John Singleton mm-hmm. and Suzanne Sarandon were in our jury panel. And uh, so we're a true cultural art center where we have film and we have arts and we have visual arts and we also 
do some extraordinary work in the community with the outreach. As a matter of fact, I just had a meeting this morning with um, some members of our outreach committee, and uh, we are doing original storytelling uh, with 100 at-risk children from uh, from the school, from the Santa Monica uh, Malibu Unified School this summer. And we do it with elders, we do it with seniors. They come and they tell stories of their lives. So we're actively involved in, in the outreach work, and we invite our community to come and be part of it. And so um, Edgemar uh, fulfills a certain dream that I have had for maybe since I was a child. And um, I'm very I'm very proud of the work that we do there. So I don't know uh, where you're located, but next time you're in Santa Monica, you should definitely come and check us out. Well, I would love to be there to see Sylvia because it's uh, starring one of our favorite uh, actors that uh, we've that we've interviewed here on Movie Addict Headquarters. I think two times Tana Frederick. We think she's just great. And uh, we'd we'd love to be there to to see that. And mm-hmm. I understand you had some uh, heavy hitters as donors for the center, mm-hmm. like Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks, Neil Simon, Kate Capshaw. Mm-hmm. And Neil Simon is on your board. Is that correct? Well, on our founding honorary board. Ah. And when we had asked him to be on it, it was in the year 2000, and he had accepted. Wow. Well, you you have just done some marvelous work, Michelle, and I I hope that that someday you direct um a classic musical because I I know you've had some experience with stage musicals. And so what I would like to know if you could do that to direct the remake of a classic film musical, well, which one would you choose and <laughs> why? Well, I love the sound of music. I love the sound of music. I love Funny Girl. I love uh, Passion, this musical called Passion. Yes. Um, Yeah, I love love a lot of different things. I have a little folder with... There's a musical right now that I would love to direct. We're talking about it. We're just trying to raise funds for it. It's called The Return, and it's based on a true story. In the, in the 80s, the Ethiopian Jews that escaped from Ethiopia to Jerusalem because they were being persecuted. And it's a beautiful musical written by, the, the book is written by Sonia Levitin, and it's a novel. And uh, we did mount it a few years ago at Edgemar, and we wanted to remount it, and it would be a, a perfect uh, Broadway show. So this is something that's on my list of something that I'd like to work on. Well, I hope you're able to able to do that. And I was when we were talking to Tana Frederick, we said that she, we think that she can sing quite well because we heard her sing a little bit in in one of the movies that she was in. And uh, wouldn't it be great to see Tana Frederick in a remake of Funny Girl? As long as you mentioned Funny Girl, so. <laughs> yeah, she's so multi-talented. She, she can do really uh, just about anything. And what I love about her, and she knows that I do, is her love of it. She just loves to do the work so much. And in addition to being so talented, her passion for it is what makes her even, you know, more yes, riveting it, to watch on screen she, and on she stage. Is. She is. So so we'll put that on our on our wish list. Well, we have one question that we like to ask all of our guests, and that is what's the most important thing you'd want people to know about you? Um, 
Okay. <laughs> okay, well, I'll tell you what I think the most important thing is, um, is to um, love the ones that surround you, you know, have a very happy family life. Because I think that, believe it or not, doing the work in movies and on stage and even having success at it uh, doesn't necessarily make you happy. It doesn't necessarily fill any kind of holes. I think the most important thing is, of course, to give yourself the gift of creativity, but to really have a happy life, a happy home life to go home to. And to that I have, you know, my family and my kids. I have Nicholas and my 8-year-old and Maximilian, my 2-year-old, and they are the my family. They're the most important things in my life. I love that answer, Michelle, and we're almost out of time, so I want to thank you for being such a terrific guest. And after hearing this interview, you've given us a lot of things to look forward to. And we we wish you great success with all your exciting projects. Thank and we'll you hope, very we much. hope you'll come back again um, and talk with us um, about uh, some of the other films that you that you will be making in the future. Will you do that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It'll be my pleasure. Oh, we'll we'll look forward to that and it's been a great pleasure having you as our guest, but it's time to wrap things up now with a big shout out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio and WRSP936.com for their support. Special thanks to Jazz and Vicky for all their help today, as well as to our chatters and other listeners. Plus another shout out to Nikki Starr from all her fans at Movie Attic Headquarters. Get well soon, Nikki. We really miss you. Please come back next time, dear listeners, when we hope, with Vicky's help, to revisit Tippi Hedren, the famous actress from The Birds, who talks about her work with Alfred Hitchcock and her current animal preserve activities. In the meantime, don't forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks, but since Michelle likes musicals almost as much as I do. Here's Kenny Loggins to take us out with, get ready for it, Footloose. Uh, Thank you.